Welcome to Roto Brits, it's a UK fantasy baseball podcast, and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me, of course, my co-host, chief analyst, main stud, Ryan Owen is in the house. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, first and foremost, you are wearing a Miggy Rojas t-shirt, which I respect. Um I can't lie, Josh Rojas is doing quite a good job for me this year from the LA Angels. So I'm looking at it thinking, I love a bit of Josh Rojas. Well, <laughs> well it can it can double up. This this you know it's it can double up as a Josh Rojas. No one will know if it's you, if true. you need the t-shirt. It's true. Um, He's doing the business. He's back from the IL this week. Also, the Phillies are just about still in first place after a good win tonight. Mm. After just about winning tonight. So, yeah, yeah, we're celebrating that while it lasts. Love um, it. Yeah. Uh, Last time we spoke, if you remember, right, you, you know, you were like, listen, the Phillies are terrible. And then since then, they've gone on a tear. So they're still terrible, but they're in first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the way you worded it. You went, they're in first place. You didn't say they're good. No. They're in first place. So, <laughs> you know, Credit where credit's due to Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy, who have done good work, generally speaking, since they came in. Um, yeah. Kennedy's much needed. That couple of tight spots that he's got himself out of. And there was one last week um, against the Mets, actually. The, the Phillies were 5 nothing up. The Mets hit back-to-back-to-back homers yeah. um, <laughs> off uh, some you know douchebag reliever that the Phillies brought up from somewhere. Um and they brought Kennedy in and he was just the ticket. Like you can, you know, when you just know that someone's you, everything calms down when they come in and, and it definitely calmed right down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe the Phillies, they finally have a, a back end reliever that they can trust. I mean, we'll wait and see on that one, I guess. I yeah. Know. And they just, they said to Alvarado, Get to the IL because we, yeah. we don't need your headaches anymore, my friend. <laughs> ah, I mean, Alvarado, bloody hell. I mean, that he, he just fits the Phillies bullpen so perfectly, doesn't he? Like, hey, he's just first place Phillies. Get some respect on those fills. 100%. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to enjoy the NL East race. It's going to be a lot of fun with the Mets, Phils, Bravos all pushing. Braves are hot, Phils are hot, you know, Mets. You know, we're fading a bit, but, you know, they'll come again, I'm sure. I think they're just having a bit of a bad run. And, um, you know, I think the Phils are a bit dinged up as well. I've, I, you know, I saw uh, Hoskins to the IL. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Alvarado to the IL. So, you know, listen. Real, Real Muto um, got a bit dinged up last night as well. Did he? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, hopefully not too serious, but the drop-off wow. from Real Muto to Andrew Knapp is quite oh. severe. I mean, that's the most severe drop drop off there is. I I can't think of anything more severe. It's um, severe, my friend. Now very. listen, um, we've started positively. We're going to keep the positive theme, but there is a hot topic um this week which we we simply cannot avoid. I'm afraid, Peter. Um, and so I I can't believe that I'm almost interviewing you um at this point. Um, but our listeners are going to want to hear about your week because, I, you know. I was worried about you at one point this week because you um, became the center of a Twitter storm. And uh, I want to know, how are you? 
<laughs> I'm doing well, buddy. You know, it was now. Thanks for asking, firstly, and uh, and also thanks to a lot of people that reached out and said, "Listen, you know." And for those that don't know what we're talking about, if anyone is uncertain, uh, there was clearly this this incident in 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 Colorado on Sunday. I was watching the game live, and the Marlins broadcast immediately. Uh, Paul Severino, the lead broadcaster there for the Marlins, called it out and said, uh, apologies for what you may have heard, et cetera. And I was like, wow, I, I heard that too. So I rewound it uh, on the live stream and recorded it on my telly, on my phone effectively, and just put it out there going, because I was shocked. I was truly shocked at what I heard because it sounded like, well, we know what it sounded like. And it was Lewis Brinson at bat and it didn't sound good. It really didn't sound good. So it, I was shocked. Truly, I was. And, you know, listen, I wanted to put it out there quick because, you know, I, I thought I heard what I heard. So did the Marlins broadcast. And, you know, it was shocking. That's the only word I could think of. And, yeah. I, you know, went to bed. You know, that was because we were on West Coast games for on a Sunday, West Coast time or whatever. I went to bed and woke up. And, yeah, Twitter was like something you've never seen before where you've got two million views of the video you've posted. And, 4,000 retweets and, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, my days and the comments. And like you said, it was, in general, firstly, I've got to say, I'm, I'm glad that what I thought I heard wasn't said. So that's the first thing. I'm relieved that that was the situation. Yeah. Um, clearly. But the, the insight into the political, racial discussions that go on in the u.s are toxic is probably the best word i can use to describe them it is it is it is a wild wild situation i try to stay out of it to be honest with you it's not my place to comment on that clearly i was wrong with what i heard um which was great but i've left it up there as for a couple of reasons as a learning curve you don't always hear what you think you hear so i've left it there as a learning curve to me and maybe to other people um, but also just to kind of highlight that that racial political landscape is as unstable in the US too and will you know, seemingly remain so. Yeah. But, I suppose I'll ask you um, a couple of questions, Pete. Um, firstly, do, is there an element of regret for, for the wording of your tweet um, with hindsight? And, and I know you've just mentioned a learning curve there. I just wondered whether maybe you felt as though you could have kind of said something along the lines of, oh, I hope this isn't what I think it is, or, or you know, you could have worded it differently. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, let, I'll allow you to answer that. I won't overload yeah. you with six questions. I think that's a, it's, a, it's a good question. In hindsight, yes. At the time, I just reacted as I reacted. Yeah. It was just, yeah. that was my natural reaction. I didn't try, I didn't call out what I heard. I just put it out there saying it was, an effing disgrace was the yeah. exact wording I used. Which, if and, it were the word that you thought it were, then obviously yeah. it was, and that is yeah. a natural... I mean, it was a, a, if that had actually occurred, it's one of the most appalling things that... It, it was totally shocking just to watch your video as an outsider, what, you know, once yeah. you tweeted it. Absolutely. So, yeah. I... Knowing the, what was actually said... Perhaps it would have been better to have been worded differently, but the reality were there were other people out there already commenting and different and sharing the video and you know using much more direct descriptions about what was being said. And the funny thing is with this this whole situation, I've never been in this situation before with a tweet about 
and I just posted a video basically of a light of the broadcast. There was nothing I did. I just recorded it, um, you know, straight off the telly. And um, it was funny. There was the phases of Twitter where initially everyone could hear the same thing. Yeah. And everyone was retweeting in that way. And it was like, you know, including everyone. the Rockies. Eh? I mean, yeah, the Rockies absolutely. clearly thought that that was said as well. They, they, they said, we're going to find the guy. We're going to sort it out. We're going to see what's happened. Absolutely. So that was the first phase. And then clearly as it went on in time and people started to get into it in a bit more depth, they realized there was this, this fan in the front row right behind who was shouting over to the mascot. I've never, I never even knew they had a mascot, firstly. And secondly, I never knew it was called Dinger. Well, he's no Philly fanatic. I mean, I know the fanatic, of course, but beyond <laughs> that, I mean, you know, I'm not a mascot guy if I'm completely <laughs> honest. So, you know, there's a there's a, a spoiler alert or whatever. But, you know, it, it became apparent that that was a plausible uh, argument, you know, whatever. And, you know, the thing is with this, you, you don't know where the mics are coming from. Like, I know you hear, you see the broadcast because they're, you know, they're, they're at, it's at the batter, right? And you hear what you hear, but you don't know where that mic is. And that's the other thing is, you know, was this up in the stand somewhere? Like, are they just capturing crowd noise? You don't know it's that guy. But anyway, so then you get the kind of, you know, investigation going on in Twitter. And then you get the, the third lag of people just piling in because they want to pile in later on, you know, two days later. Uh, but I left it there. I was happy to leave it there. And I was happy to have fun with it in some ways with, with trials. That was, the bit, that was the bit where I said, you know, it's one thing seeing someone who you don't know getting um, a lot of unsavory tweets aimed at them. But when it's someone who I personally podcast with and a lot of other people in the UK community, we know you, we like you, we know you don't have a, a you know, a, a bad bone in your body and you're a great guy. So it was weird to see a human who we know getting some quite unsavory, offensive, and in sometimes abusive tweets. So, um, yeah. It, it yeah pretty bizarre that it went that way it did and the other thing is because it was there was so much it was actually hard to keep up there was so many comments that i actually missed much. i've probably not read any of them really or most of them because there's just so much like if you can imagine you refresh and there's people are having arguments in the, in the thread that you're not even involved in anymore and so that's all you get is back and forth of people and wild situation i mean I'd love to know how, um, you know, the, the guys, you know, your, your Passans and, you know, Craig Mishes even or whatever, all the guys who are posting stuff out there that have huge buzz on their tweets. How do they even, how do they deal with Twitter? I'd love to know because it's a zoo on one tweet, a one tweet zoo. Um, but in the end, I just had, I, I had to have fun with it as well. And, you know, I didn't look at, I didn't take it too seriously you know, people were coming at me. It was all good for me. I was just, you know, I tried to just take the arrows, brush them off and, you know, move on. It was, I posted it in the heat of the moment and um, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. But the funny thing is, is Brinson came out and said, he's listened to it 50 times and still hears what, what we originally thought. So. Yeah. I, I wondered whether actually that was Lewis Brinson just sort of fangirling you in the same way that you fangirl him. Maybe. Like, well, he's like, I'm not having this on Miami Marlins UK. No way. Exactly. I'm coming to his protection, man. Love he's it. my biggest fan out there. 100%. And I, I, and I must say to, to the guys out there, um, there's been tons of them, the UK crew and beyond who are, you know, pipe up and, you know, will 
you know, defending me in some ways, um, which is nice because, you know, listen, I'm not, I don't live in the U S you know, there's clearly, there's clearly stuff going on in the U S and it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a toxic situation there, I think, and remains that way. And, you know, but racism is there. I mean, you know, irrespective, this guy, he didn't say it, but, you know, you, you can clearly see that it's there, right? There's a massive undercurrent there. And I mean, I went on, I mean, this for me is the main shocking thing. I didn't post this after I would have done, but I didn't. But <laughs> Brinson uh, posted something on his Instagram uh, the day after perhaps just a, a random picture, I guess that's what Instagram is, right? And what was the first comment I saw? Some random account saying that n- nothing else apart from the N-word straight up yeah. on Instagram. Yeah in plain sight like that. And that is just shocking to me, Um, you know. And of course, you've got this all backlash now of, you know, every time something happens, you know, is Dinger now an easy way of, you know, is that the sheep's clothing way of calling someone the N-word? Like, is it now that? I don't know. But, you know, lo and behold, Brinson's been hot. He's been hitting home runs. There's been a lot of Dinger talk going on. And I don't think that's all complimentary if I'm completely honest I you know there's an undercurrent um with that I think yeah so wild few days mate wild wild few days but you know thanks for asking and I'm I appreciate everyone reaching out a lot of people did a lot of lot of guys a lot of Marlins guys a lot of UK crew so um it's settled down now but who hasn't settled down has been Lewis Brinson's that's been fun he's been you know scorching hot mate we were laughing it off last week but Listen, we can we can sort of uh, swerve back towards some fantasy stuff, and you if have. you um if you picked up Lewis Brinson just for the past seven days or so, then Ooh. you are uh, <laughs> you're pretty happy with what's been going on there because uh, it seems as though he's uh, he's major league ready, my friend. I mean, it's been four years in the making, right, with Brince, but I'm looking at things here. I think he's the fifth the fifth hottest hitter. You know, last seven day count, he is the fifth most valuable hitter in, in Roto, I think, um, on standard anyway. So uh, Brinson's been scorching, no doubt about it, which has been which has been fun. Uh, will it last? I mean, <laughs> funny thing was, you know, a couple of people reached out and said, Pete, by the way, the contact rate's not looking great. So, um, you know, it's, uh, this is the problem. I mean, when you when you have a guy like this, um, the problem is you probably didn't pick him up for the past seven days because that would have required you to have some sort of random foresight that a guy who really let's be honest has has generally struggled quite a lot at the major league level um so you don't have those stats then you rush out and get him and unfortunately i mean as people are pointing out six walks and 40 strikeouts that's this season it's it's not ideal plate approach He's, he's still swinging and missing quite a lot so it's, he's going to cool off. Um, but you know what? If you're a Brinson fan, which I know you are, <laughs> why not try and uh, catch lightning in a bottle over the last few weeks? And he does have a little bit of speed as well. I'm sure maybe he'll uh, he'll steal a few bases between now and the end of the season. I don't know where the wheels are. He's not got a stolen base this season. Which is surprising, actually, because the Marlins like to run. Um but Brinson hasn't, which is surprising. He's obviously not been on base enough, but I don't know. Yeah, actually, it's very strange. Does he? He doesn't have. Does he have an attempt? 
He doesn't even have a stolen. Oh, he has two stolen bases down in Jacksonville. So, um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Does he have an attempt? No, he doesn't. No attempts in in Miami. Wow. I mean, that is wild, to be honest with you, because, you know, everyone is trying to steal bases in in Miami. I mean, Georgie Alfaro's probably stole more bases than than any catcher um, in the league, probably. I mean, he plays left field now, so he's not even a catcher. Um, But, yeah, wild wild, uh, spell for Brinson. And I think... It kind of goes back in some ways to what we talked about last week, mate. And we'll kind of go a bit more generalist. I mean, clearly, I, I'm loving the fact Brinson's hot. I picked him up in, in TGFBI because, you know, why not? Um, picked him up in a few other leagues. But the point we made last week was Brinson's hitting cleanup. And in any major league lineup, you've got a cleanup hitter. You should have him on a – you should be rostered, probably. Um, and Brinson's, <laughs> Brinson's playing every day, um, you know, hitting cleanup. Yeah. Um, listen, I think I prefer, there's a few other, I think I prefer Patrick Wisdom. <laughs> I think I prefer uh, Yadiel Hernandez. There's a few others, but I'm not going to be miserable right now because you're feeling uh, pretty good about the guy and I'm happy for him. Um, and listen, you, you've got a point. Opportunity is opportunity. And if you, especially if, if you can stomach a potential batting average fall off and you're not too bothered if he hits 220 the rest rest of the way mm. um sure a bit of power a bit of speed he can help you out there you go i mean last seven days three bombs 10 rbis he's hitting 480 so he's absolutely scorching brint no doubt about it and we've got the cubs we got a day off today we record thursday cubs are in town oh, well, in Miami. I'd, rather, I'd rather have marlin's pictures um if you've oh got i mean the there cubs. you go i mean this cubs lineup i mean this is it's triple A stuff. They're, they're trotting out a triple A lineup. I mean, Corbin Burns is fantastic, but he had 15 Ks yesterday. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. shocking scenes. And mate, let's get into this because this is a good segue for us. We wanted to spend some time talking about, you know, it, it's funny in baseball the way teams give up. They fundamentally sell off everything that they have and they give up on the year. And the Cubs. In, in August versus the Cubs in June. They are such different teams and rosters right now. It is wild. And it's that moment now where you think, am I, depending on what you need, but are you almost now starting pitcher-wise, if you're playing the Cubs, you have to start them. If you're playing the Nats, you have to start them. I mean, you've already been the same way maybe against the Diamondbacks already, but the Diamondbacks are the same. You know, those three, there's probably others, but, you know, are, for streamers or for pitchers, do you look at it and go, I have to get these dudes because they're going against these lineups? Yeah, well, I, th- I think I have a cutoff. I have a... <laughs> What's the cutoff? The, the cutoff, especially <laughs> if, we, if we have pitchers that are walking a lot of guys and clearly have command and control issues, then I'm still going to be quite wary. Um, so there are certain... There are certain guys that I'm just not starting against anyone. And and also, I tend to get a feel when I feel like a pitcher is just completely blown up. Like, JT Brubaker had a really good start to the season and was pitching well for the Pirates, but he hasn't gone more than about five innings in about a month now. Yeah. And after about two or three weeks where they put four starts together that are just absolute car crash, I mean... 
I'm thinking, nah, I'd rather just avoid the headache. I, it feels like, it's like if something's going one way and you know it's going that way and it's only getting worse, don't tempt fate even if it's against a bad offence because Patrick Wisdom and those sorts of guys can still hit a home run and, and ruin your night. Having said that, yeah, I'm going to the waiver wire for my sort of average pitchers against very, very bad AAA style lineups. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'll go and pick up a, I mean, who can I give as an example? I'll, I'll go and pick up <laughs> Michael Walker for like, you know, someone like that. I, I would go and pick up like yeah. Taylor Widener if he was going against the Cubs. I would, I would take like, take a punt on Reynaldo Lopez and these sorts of guys, Chris Bubich, Tyler Anderson. Yeah. These are like reasonable major league pitchers that can put together a good outing against terrible offense. Here's the one mate. Cause you know, like I just mentioned the, the Cubs are coming to Miami. I know two of the starters. So Lazardo goes in game, in game one, yeah. um, you know, he had a, an okay first start as a Marlin, for example, then got blown up in cause. I'm going to come to cause later, actually. But for me, you disregard cause anyway. Like the, the Rockies, something wild is going on um, there. So Lazaro goes. The other one I'm intrigued to get your take on, though, Zach Thompson goes on Sunday for the Marlins. So that type of dude that, you know, is he a type of guy that you would pick up in that spot? You know, he's shown he's had what? I don't know, eight, 10 starts this year. His ERA is three or so. Um, he, he, he had an 11 or 12K game against the Nats earlier in the year when the Nats were good or better. Um, you know, is he the type of guy you might go, do you know what? Zach Thompson streaming on Sunday, trying to get that win in your head-to-head games. Well, Th- Thompson's intriguing because his K rate's been pretty good for you know, since 2019, even 2018 now, he's, mm. his caper nine has been pretty good, like down in um, Charlotte and Birmingham um, when he was in the White Sox organization, caper nine's like over 10. Um, so I'm intrigued by him. The question with someone like that is how, how stretched out are they? Like, so you got to start thinking, is he definitely going to go five innings? Um, what are the chances that he goes five innings? Yeah. Because if he doesn't go five innings and he's regularly not going five innings, then what are you getting him for? Well, maybe a few Ks, not going to get the win. So you, you gotta you gotta weigh it up. And and at this stage of the season, you've got just two months left, approximately. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to look at you. I mentioned it last week. You've got to look at your standings in your rotisserie league. What is it that you need? Do you just need Ks? Um, are you so far ahead in ERA that you can risk the odd blow up and try and, and get a few Ks and a few extra wins into your Roto stats? Or, mm. or are you worried? If, if you're worried about your ERA and your whip blowing up and losing loads of points because you're really close to some of your competitors, then maybe you'd be better off saying, do you know what? I ain't risking Zach Thompson. Mm. I'd rather go and get a reliever um, maybe someone like Chad Green from the Yankees or like Archie Bradley or like, you know, any, any reliever that, that's um, out there that can give you some decent ratios. Well, that has led me into the question I was going to ask you, mate. It's now at this time of the year, you know, do you start to look at, you know, getting in some high-ish leverage guys on good teams that, uh, you know, because the, 
it's funny after the deadline, the divide becomes so big, you know, where teams are terrible or teams are good. And so, you know, if you, if you, if you've got a high leverage reliever for the Yankees or the Phillies, for example, you know, there's a good chance they're going to be picking up a ton of wins, I think, along the way, where all of a sudden the offense kicks in in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and then you get a guy getting a win late doors as a bullpen guy. So, you know, do you start to look at those guys, you know, if you need wins? Because wins is so tough anyway. But, um, you know, how do you play that? I'm, I'm pretty wary of having my ERA and whip blown up by very average starters. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. It's one thing if they're going against the Cubs and the Nats, but there's only two, three, maybe four teams that are really bad in the majors. Everyone else is decent and has the ability to go off at any point. So why why risk it with a, a JT Brubaker or a Zach Thompson? Just get them out. I mean, they don't. you know what? Win's great, but even just to pad the ratios, even just to make sure you're getting a few Ks, go and get a... Corey Kniebel, go and get, mm. you know, he's back from the IL. Go and get Jake Cousins from Milwaukee. I've mentioned him a few times. I don't think he's given up a run in his major league career yet. So mm. these are guys with really high strikeout rates. Yeah, They're only pitching one inning in each time they come out, each outing. And relief pitching is inherently easier than starting pitch, like in the majors, as a job. It's easier. Um that's why they're there that they that's why they can throw their fastballs three miles per hour quicker because you know that's all they got to do with like one secondary pitch i wouldn't risk it with your average um i mean i, I like i'm thinking my nl only league i've had brew baker i've mentioned him a few times I've had him all season and he's off the roster now i'm like no get gone i'm not interested i, I think i picked up like Dominic Leone or Anthony Bass even. I think I picked up Anthony Bass and oh. I, I'm just like yeah, fine. <laughs> oh less, boy, oh boy. That's less risky to me than having Brubaker because if Bass gets blown up he might give up three runs. Yeah. If if Brubaker gets blown up, the, I think the other night he gave up nine runs or something ridiculous. It's like yeah. you're hoping that Anthony Bass is long gone before he's got his ninth base runner. No doubt. No doubt. Do you know what? It's so funny. Let's, I mean, <clears throat> I'm looking at the last 15 days and just sorted, sorted pitches by wins, right? Chad Green is third on the list with three wins. He's only rostered in 29% of leagues. So yeah, also... He, he may actually pick up the odd save now as well. But and well, save, yeah. Chapman exactly. is, um, is on the uh, IL, I think, isn't he? Exactly. Chad Green looks... I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a roto league, clearly, where you need saves and wins then absolutely. The other guy, listen, he's also picked up three wins, right? Four innings pitched. Edgar Santana for the Braves. Four in, there's three wins in four innings. Um, he's 0% rostered. 0% rostered in um, what? Hold on, what am I? What am I looking at here? Uh, let's go and find something out about old Edgar Santana. Yeah. He doesn't yep. have too many, um, he doesn't have too many major league innings under his belt. Um, although he has 118 actually. Um, he looks like the strikeout rate isn't huge, hovers around eight um per nine, but he has good control. Um, not just from his major league um statistics, but if you look at his minor league statistics as well, he's he's never his career whip hovers around 1.16, which is 
pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, but he's not, he's not a disaster. Like if I went like, just to let you know, really quickly, you say mm. a name to me. I've never seen the guy pitch. I go to baseball reference. I'm looking at two things, K per nine and whip. That's a first place to start. And I'm not even looking at underlying statistics. Yeah. Underlying statistics will help me even more if I was deep diving in the off season. They're just raw statistics. They're what I would call outcome statistics because they are, that's what he has achieved um there is actual results um once we get into the off season i'm less interested in results and more interested in process but let's just deal with those two results based stats for a moment that shows me straight away that he's not a disaster now if i went to that and i saw like minor leagues 200 innings 1.25 whip with a 6.0 k per nine or something i'd be like holy moly, get me away from this guy. <laughs> I would just immediately be like, I don't care how many wins he's got. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think there was I an example, um, just sorry to, to be annoying. No there, was, there was an example last week where people weren't quite sure who the Cubs closer was <laughs> closer. Not sure, what <laughs> not, sure what, not sure what they're closing, but... Um, uh, Apparently, the Cubs needed a closer for the two games that they're going to win between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and a guy picked up a save, and his name was Kyle Ryan. And and I was yeah. like, who? I was like, who on earth, Kyle Ryan? And someone, oh, maybe he'll get the job. And so I thought, oh, I'll have a look at this guy. I was a bit concerned when uh, Major League. 218 innings, 1.37 whip with a 6.1 K per nine. And I was like, whoa, what's this? Minor leagues, 1.278 with a 6.3 K per nine. He doesn't strike anybody out. He gives up loads of contact. He's dog shit. Like, <laughs> like why on earth? Why? There's no world in which the odds saved for Chicago Cubs would warrant you rostering someone so bad. And I don't mean bad as in... I don't want to be rude about Kyle Ryan. Like, don't, please don't come at me and say like, Kyle Ryan's a nice guy. Like, yeah, I'm sure he is like, but I wish him all the best, but he isn't going on my fantasy team. Fair enough. Let, let me take some other, uh, some, some other guys that I think are interesting because of the team they play on. So this for me is a really good example, in my opinion, anyway. So these guys are uh, rostered in less than 5% of leagues on, what am I, I'm on Fantasy Pros anyway. But anyway, you've got um, Alex Vasia for the Dodgers. So a Dodgers reliever. He picked up a win against the Phillies uh, this week, actually. No, uh, fake news. No, that is actually... It was, it was a rain out. It was one of those kind of awkward <laughs> I'm rain just, games. I'm just saying that it's fake news because I don't want to believe that the Phillies lost. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Vasia, so he's pitched six innings, six, well, 6.3 innings pitch, which I'm not sure that makes sense. But anyway. Um, <laughs> that sounds like seven. Sounds like seven. So let's round it up to seven. Seven innings pitched. He's had 10 Ks, two wins, 0.88 whip, and a 159 ERA. Now he's pretty good. Like, <laughs> he's pretty good. Like, I, I've never seen him pitch. You go to baseball reference, you you find someone that is interesting. Um Alex Vasier. Um, yeah, well, you know where he came from, right? You know why I know him. He he's a Marlins guy, eh? He was. He traded him this year to the Dodgers. So oh, he's he's intriguing. His his minor league statistics, which really is all we can go on, because he only has twenty seven 
major league innings, which is like 27 is nothing. You want you want a sample size of like over 100 innings anywhere, really. Um, yeah. Even for relievers, 109 innings in the minors. Um, a whip under one. Um, 0.982 with a strikeout per nine of 13. Yeah, 13. Why are, Marlins, why are Marlins trading this dude? I don't know. I actually was shocked when we traded him. We got Dylan Floro back, I think. So, you know, Floro has been okay, but you know, maybe, maybe they thought, I don't know what they thought, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure about the trade at the time. I liked like Vasia's, you know, track record's good. And now he's yeah, Vasi you know, is um he's a lefty. That's interesting. I mean, he may not be. It's hard to become a lefty closer because a lot of the lineups are, are right-handed, um, mm-hmm. heavy in in the majors. So you do get the odd lefty closer like Josh Hader or whatever. Like um, I think Brad Hand was doing it for a while, but it's harder. But you know what? Being a lefty in a bullpen, if you're not a closer, is real nice because it means often when you're coming in in the modern game. You're yeah. not just coming in with a really high strikeout rate and some good control, but you're getting to face a bunch of lefties because the managers have brought you in at those times yeah. when there's a bunch of lefties due up. So favorable matchup, good every, team. Yeah, everything's in your favor. Like this Vasia dude, like if he has a mm-hmm. high leverage role, then yeah, I'm all over Alex Vasia. There you go. And the other one, also a Dodger, is is Gratterall's back. He's throwing gas, two um, percent owned, seemingly. You know, two wins in the last uh, two weeks, seven innings. You know, okay, the whip. I don't think the whip's going to be quite to your liking, but, you know, he throws gas, uh, Gratterall, and, you know, he's picked up two wins. You know, the Dodgers, they're going to win a lot of games this, you know, the rest of the way. You know, that's the point I'm making is, do you want a Gratterall, a Vasia, instead of a a dice roll, five-inning dude on the Pirates? That's the point we're making, right? Again, Gratterall is a guy who has a good whip over 200, 200 and odd innings in the majors for Gratterall. Good caper nine, good whip. He'll come around in the majors. The Dodgers are completely loaded. It's it's almost unfair. Um, yeah. Yeah, so would I rather have them than someone like Tyler Anderson or like, yeah. yeah you can say Zach Thompson. You can say Zach, you know, yeah. it's fine to say Zach Thompson. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, I would. Like, to be quite frank, I would because... Uh, the likelihood is if I'm in, if I'm competing and I'm doing well, then I don't want my ERA and my whip to get blown up at this stage of the season. And it's less likely that those guys will blow those ratios up at this point. For sure. Just to go chasing and win. Yeah. Well, exactly. Wins, wins are so erratic anyway. And you know, it's the win situation is weird where someone will pitch one, you know, you can pitch one pitch and you get the win, you know, if it's at the right time and you know, you're probably a lefty or a specialist. I don't know. But anyway, um, let's, let's get into, let's think about the flip side. I'm intrigued to get your take on if there's guys that you've drafted early that you've held on to, When's the moment? When's the point in time? You know, six weeks to go, whatever it may be, seven weeks. When do you pull the trigger on releasing some guys or waving guys or whatever, you know, on, on those picks? Or you just, you know, do you just hold on to them all the way? Uh, well, it depends on your bench size and what your IL situation is. Um, but I'm I'm pretty eager on getting rid of a guy as soon as they're rendered useless to me in my endeavor to increase my rotisserie stats. So when pick that on a t-shirt yeah um <laughs> like for example a couple of weeks ago we got asked about brad hand 
Mm. Would I have dropped Brad Hamm? The answer was yes, because he's now pretty useless. Like Alex Vasia is a better pitcher, certainly on paper from what I can see, than Brad Hand. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are getting saves. So I'd rather just have the guy that I consider to be able to give me better ratios. That's all I've seen. But um, he was useless. There's other guys, though. I mean, it depends on what your need is. So, like, let's let's talk about the the elephant in the room, Cody Bellinger. Mm. Um, now, <laughs> interesting tidbit. I won't go into too many details, but I heard a little anecdote. <laughs> Apparently, my brother's partner went on a date with Cody Bellinger about five years ago or something and and, and said no thank you and I was like I showed her uh, his contract that he signed at the start (laughs) 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 I was like bad choice you're with my brother now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um anyway that may or may not be true um uh, you know all uh (laughs) Or <laughs> just underline that. Uh, I don't want to sort of get done for libel laws here. I'm intrigued um, to see how you bring this back now to uh, you know to, to baseball. But anyway, I love the story. It's, <laughs> it's a great tidbit. I hope I hope the, the listeners have enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, ridiculous. That, anyway, just a little anecdote. I just yeah. reminded me when I was I just remember laughing about him earlier this week. Not you know. Anyway, like Cody Bellinger. <laughs> um, would I would I drop him? Yeah, because <laughs> I I would. Cody Ballinger is a guy who, even when he's really, really good, is mainly known for his power. He had one season when he hit over 300, but it was pretty, I don't want to say fluky, he had a really good year. It was a, a pretty odd sort of unicorn type year for him. He's he's not a guy that has a great walk to K ratio. Um, he's never going to be like a walk machine, I don't don't think his batting eye isn't perfect there's quite a lot of swing and miss in there and but there's a lot of power and and that's when he's he's doing well um none of us foresaw him doing this badly because there's a bit of swing and miss in his game so clearly something's been wrong we think it's his shoulder um it sounds like he's been injured and he's been in and out of lineups and not been able to get going you hold on to him if you if what you need is home runs um, in the hope that he gets hot and is healthy and you'd feel awful if you dropped him and then, you know, he hit 10 home runs over the last few weeks or whatever. So that would be annoying because you know, he's capable of doing it, but you especially hold on to him if what you need is home runs and you're not really that bothered about the average tanking. Let's say he hits like 200 or 220 um, and, and does a bit of a Jock Peterson on your ass. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> so that's fine. If you do need those other things, though, if you if you need a bit of average and really you're already miles ahead in home runs, I would consider dropping Cody Bellinger because he's 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 not getting the job done right now, you know? Yeah, it's, it was an, it's an interesting dilemma because you've taken Ballinger, you know, back in the first round or early second round. And so <laughs> it's tough when you feel that invested in a guy. I'm going to throw another name out that I invested in. And so I'll just get your take on this one. Alex Bregman, where, where are we up to with Bregman? You know, He's been on the IL for some time. We're only six weeks left. 
I'm not clear on the, you know, the, the timetable for return, you know, looks like they're going to make the postseason. So, you know, the Astros will probably play it, you know, sensible. They'll probably play it slow with Bregman and kind of work him back in. So, but we get to the stage where Alex Bregman, you move on. He's been on the IL for, for ages anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm always, I'm, I'm slower <laughs> to, I'm quicker to get rid of pitchers than I am to get rid of hitters because hitters like Bregman and even a healthy Bellinger are, are quite um, hard to come by on, on wages, uh, on, on waivers, sorry. What are you so doing? Just I'd rather, I don't want to deviate you too far, mate, on, on, the, on Bregman, but quickly, while I think about it, what are you doing with IL pitcher guys? You know, for example, like a Pablo Lopez that has been a stud, is on the IL, and the Marlins are probably not going to rush him back, right? Are you no, thinking... I, I, Pablo, I mean, no. Uh, at this point, I'm like, unless I've got loads of IL spots and it doesn't bother me, yeah. I would very quickly... I mean, I would have got rid of Carlos Carrasco weeks, like months ago. Like, all yeah. these people, like... You wouldn't have drafted all... him, to be fair. I wouldn't, but if I had him and yeah. I needed the spot, I would have easily... The, the reason is, when pitchers come back from longer-term injuries they're not got some pitchers will go on the il for like a week because the organization wants them to have a little rest and miss one turn and that's mm. fine yeah. but if they've been out for four weeks six weeks longer when they do come back a they may not be fully healthy and it'll take them a while and so the results are going to be questionable um but b are they going to go five innings like how long will it take them to go five innings how long will it take them to regularly start going six innings if you need mm -hmm. quality starts? You, you're looking at, like, will the organization want to risk the arm? I mean, in the Marlins situation, mm -hmm. what incentive do they have to put more work on the arm of one of their best starting pitchers who they want to do well for them for the next few years? I, I don't imagine that they're going to be that keen for Pablo Lopez to be putting 100% effort in so that they can get to 60 wins or whatever it is they're dreaming of this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly the point though, right? You know, Pablo Lopez has been brilliant, but the Marlins have no incentive to get him back. And so, yeah. you know, that's, move on. At some point, you, you always have to be like with fantasy, you have to think about it, not in terms of your investment that you made in the player or what your expectations were. Yeah. Um, but you have to start thinking of it instead of like, what is the most likely scenario here of what I will get from this player when they return for, yeah. for me, for Carlos Carrasco, as soon as he got injured, if I drafted him and it's gone over six weeks, eight weeks, I'm thinking this guy's a crock. Like, where is he? Like, like, <laughs> no, literally in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking about these pictures with like, you know, back in the day with like black arms and stuff that are like falling off. I'm like, I don't want that headache on my roster. Like even yeah. once he's back, it's going to be a complete mess and yeah. it's going to take them too long. It's just not going to happen. Back to Bregman then. Wait, what if are you saying? Bregman, if it's Bregman, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to get rid of him. Um, oh. He's, he's quite, he's, 
He's got a good batting eye, obviously. Very good. He's, he's a very, very good player. I would try my best to hold on to him just in case. Although, in his case, it's becoming a bit concerning, isn't it? That maybe you might not get anything out of him. Um, but I'd, I'd be pretty loath to... I'd be loath to get rid of Bellinger as well, to be honest. If I can hold on to the hitters, then I tend to hold on to the hitters. Yeah, makes there sense. some I've got rid of now, though. Like Victor Robles, that guy, oh, can get in the, he can get in the bin. He like, boy, oh, boy. He can get in the bin. No way. Like, hardly any steals. Like, no home runs. Like, Nothing. the batting average is a joke. He needs, to be honest, he looks like he needs a move away from the Nats. I, I think they may trade him or he try needs, to he trade He needs him. a move away from baseball. He, yeah, he does. He, he's not looking good. I mean, you know, Brinson or Robles, and you, know, you take Brinson, right? <laughs> I really, I really hope that Robles, well, that's an interesting comment. Robles is a little bit more exciting on the power speed front, but. Robles was, um, he was hyped, but I think it was legitimate. I think there is raw talent there. I'm, I'm joking about him leaving baseball, but um, yeah. I hope it comes good for him because he's, he's a serious talent, but he's starting to look almost, I, th- I feel like the better comp than Brinson is like Baron Buxton. Mm. Like, I'm kind of like, and Buxton's done more than Robles. Like, Buxton's yeah. had a half-decent career but without ever really being the Byron Buxton that we wanted him to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, one other guy I wanted to throw at you uh, briefly, just, you know, again, another relatively highly drafted dude. I'm really intrigued to see what happens. And it's Luke Voigt because was on the IL for a good stint with a bone bruise or some bruise. I was like, that doesn't make sense. He's got a bruise and he's on the IL. But anyway, that's, I think that's just uh, terminology, but so Voigt goes the IL. They then trade for Rizzo. Rizzo goes bananas and looks like, listen, Rizzo's playing every day. Um, then he's on the COVID IL, so Voigt's back. Um, not sure really what the long-term projection is there, but I guess clearly because Rizzo's out, Voigt's back. You know, you're probably going to keep all the Voigt at this stage, but I'm intrigued to see what the Yankees do with him and whether he gets much playing time the rest of the way. Like, they've got a team full of DHs as well. That's the other problem they've got. Um, the Yankees so it's hard to kind of you know it's first base on nothing for Voigt so and I'm playing Rizzo every day I don't know about you uh well once Rizzo's back from COVID IL yeah um I can't see where they fit Voigt in like you say I just they're gonna play Gallo they're gonna play Judge Stanson I suppose the only thing is even if his playing time depletes, maybe just hang on to him because some of the guys um, are either a little bit older or a little bit injury prone, shall we say? So maybe yeah. Voigt just sort of carves out a role naturally somewhere. Um, but just play it by ear. There's, there's not long enough now. If if he's down and he's a bench bat, and after a week he's clearly a bench bat, you just mm-hmm. say see you later, and you yeah. go and get someone else. You, you, you probably need counting stats at this point. You need yeah. runs. You need RBI. Whatever it is that you need, if you need runs, get yourself to the waiver wire, sort by at-bats, um, see who's got the most at-bats over the last seven or 14 days and get them in that lineup unless they're absolutely <laughs> disgracefully bad. Well, like, don't go and get, like, who, what, like Washington are playing, like, Alcides Escobar, aren't they? Like, every, you know, the guy that used to play for the Royals? Yep. So bad for fantasy. So bad. <laughs> well, I was just going to segue into a, you know, thinking about a bench bat. But he ran of... through a gate as well. Did you see that? 
I, I didn't see that. No. <laughs> I feel so bad for him, but it was on the. I think I just saw. Sorry to interrupt you, but that is so no. funny. Like I'm already not high on this guy because he doesn't do anything for me for fantasy over the years. It's not yeah. his fault, bless him. He's had a decent career at shortstop, but I don't like him for this illogical reason that he's just terrible at fantasy. Well, I don't own him, so I don't know why I'm that bothered. But he, <laughs> there was like um, there was like a clear mesh gate on the the, <laughs> the third base line like yeah. where the crowd are and he clearly thought that it was like a wall and he went to like stop himself and he just went straight through the mesh into the crowd oh dear me he, he's okay he's okay well i'm pleased to hear he's okay secondly in his, he's hitting 318 uh, over the last 15 days <laughs> seven how days many? sorry Seven how days. many home runs does this guy? Yeah, have? this is the problem. I think it's the point you're making is he's hit 300 or so in the last seven days, but you know, four runs, no bombs, no RBIs, no steals. Just you know, they just picked him up as a veteran who's like, um, yeah. you know, he's 34 now. Bless him. I mean, he's only got <laughs> how many home runs does he have in his career? He has 36 home runs in his major league career over one. 5,012 plate appearances. Wow. As a percentage, that is what? That's like 0.01 of a percent. <laughs> he had a lot of steals in some of these seasons, though. Let's be fair to him. One season, he stole 35 bags, which is wow. not bad, but he's always Real. been a... He's been a low OPS guy because of the shocking power. Like, um, yeah, really not good. But yeah, he had a few steals back in the day. Well... This is where I'm, this is where we're going to finish things, I think, for this one, mate. In in stolen bases, like when when we think back to drafts and draft strategy in Roto, we overpay for steals. We overpay. We always do. So let me just throw this. We were talking about a bench bat for the Yankees just then on Void, and it piqued my interest because in the last seven days, um, third on the list of stolen bases is Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade's had three stolen bags in the last week, and he's only he's only had eight at bats. <laughs> four he's had four runs, three stolen bags. He's one percent owned. Tyler Wade he basically must be pinch running, and that's about it probably for the Yankees' slow outfielders. I guess I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'd uh, rather have guys that are actually getting at bats and I know so so that being said so I threw out there like clearly Wade that's ambitious but let's let's go also with three stolen bases you've got Adam Engel Adam yeah. Engel from the White Sox three stolen bags Michael A. Taylor for the Royals three stolen bags now, you know these guys are less than 10% owned yeah. and these guys have stolen three bags in the last week you know, if yeah. you need stolen bases, you can find them. Yeah, there's some out there that are actually getting out bats that can steal a few. Like um, like you mentioned Angle. He doesn't have much power, but there's some speed there, and he, mm. he's playing at the minute. Um, some some people seem to have dropped Will Myers, who's carving out a role that's still there. There's some skill, so you could get him. Um, yeah, if you – listen, this is it. If you're targeting speed, if that's what you need – then go and get the guys that um, that have got the roles. Um, what about like Jorge Mateo seems to be playing a little bit. Uh, yeah. The other Ooh. lad at uh, Chicago, Lurie Garcia, he's a speedster. There are guys out there that um, I wouldn't put them in my lineup if I was still needing to keep the home runs up. But if I'm comfortable in home runs, 
um, and I feel I can target speed, then yeah, yeah, definitely. Why not? I mean, the main studs are right up there, though, right? I mean, Starling Marte and Whit Merrifield are, are top of the list. These well, guys. Marte is just absolutely outrageous. Isn't like, he? He's, oh. he's, he's on, he seems to have turned it up a notch somehow. Like, he's Oakland have won a game by like two touchdowns and a field goal tonight. Did you see I that? Know. I saw it, mate. Yeah. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm following Oakland very closely now. Like, I've never followed them. They're in a pennant race. I think they're coming yeah. for the division title. Absolutely. I mean, you got to love that. I mean, Looking back, you know, away from fantasy, mate, looking at that trade itself, I mean, everyone came away going, wow, the Marlins got Jesus Lozano back for two months of Marte, but the A's have got, at the moment, like a top 10 hitter in, in baseball. So, yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it made sense for both parties, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, you, It's crazy. So There's so many fun teams to watch. I'm, I'm really enjoying baseball right now because this yeah. is, you know, we mentioned it last week, I think. Mm-hmm. This is it's heating up. There's loads of races that we don't know who's going to play who in the playoffs just now. Um, this is crazy. And to think that the Dodgers, as good as they are, are probably going to need to win a one-off wild card game because the Giants are just, for, they're for real. Like, yeah. they're for real. <laughs> they're machines. The Giants, they're machines. Mate, I've, I've forgotten. There's one final topic I wanted to ask you on. And it's, again, from experience. Are we getting to a stage now where you almost have to stream the majority of the Rockies lineup when they're playing at home? Because listen, there's something weird and wild going on with the Rockies at home. They are just, they are sensational. And for example, you know, CJ Crone was just like off the, off the charts this weekend um, or last weekend, sorry. But you know, not even like a CJ Crone, you go slightly, you know, not slightly below, you go to like a Connor Joe, the, you know, hits three, four bombs on, yeah. on you know, in a weekend series against the Marlins. Like, yeah. wild. No, I think if they're at home, there's no one that's not interesting. Like, like Sam Hilliard is, is a decent, he's not got a good contact rate, but he's got some power and a bit of speed. And at home, yeah, I like Hilliard. Um, I think the catcher, Elias Diaz, I've got him in TGFBI at the moment, mm, and I'm pretty yeah. happy with him for a few weeks he's not going anywhere so um yeah connor joe some of these are guys that if they weren't on the rockies you'd just be like nah nah like (laughs) this week they're playing in houston and you're just thinking nah not for me like but as soon as they're at home yeah and the other side to that of course in leagues that are weekly as well whatever see who's in town in colorado like Mm -hmm. who because it'll happen the the road teams are gonna enjoy it as well that is true. That is true. But you know, the problem is for the Rockies as well, that they're, <laughs> they're in the West. And so it means as you get into probably September baseball, you start to get those divisional games, kind of a lot of divisional games. So they're probably playing a lot of baseball against the Giants, Dodgers, Padres. So, you know, maybe they'll struggle versus beating up on, on the Marlins instead. Which yeah. is a bit of a different so hopefully they get Arizona at home and then you can go and pick up Josh Rojas. Whoa, let's start on Rojas and let's finish on Rojas. This has been a Josh Rojas appreciation podcast. Get your t-shirts on Teespring. Marlins UK store is open for business. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we've um, covered everything for this one. I think we've run out of time. We've had Dinger talk. We've had streaming pitches. We've had relievers that get wins. We've got stolen bases. I think we've covered it. I think we've covered it. 
Oh, I've enjoyed it. Like, um, if anyone has any, we need to sort of get some questions on for next week, get the mailbag nice and full. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're enjoying doing these um, and we want to help you win your leagues. I've said it before, main advice, get serious. Don't, you know, we do this for fun. But if you are in a race and you do want to win, and yeah, then you know it's it's not the be all and end all. But if you're in a race, you might as well try and win it. And and the way to win it is to look at your your races, to look at your runs, look at your RBIs, target those stats. There you go. There you go. And Ryan's DMs are open. So if you need if you need help and he's not in the league with you, he will help you. If he's in the league with you, he probably won't. So come to me instead, and I'll try and help you. <laughs> Hey, listen, LA Angels doesn't need any uh, LA Angels UK. Nick doesn't need any help. Um, he's he's fine. He's doing perfectly fine. And I'm still going to beat his ass when we get to the playoffs. And uh, who else might want some? No one else wants help off me. They don't need my help. The, the, there are studs in the MLB UK community. There absolutely are. No doubt about that one. Perfect way to finish it. We have had a Rojas to Rojas podcast and we have ended on studs. Perfect. Ryan Owen, top man. Appreciate it as always, buddy. To the listeners, we'll be back, I think, next week. I think we're going weekly now. Now Ryan's in school holiday season. So uh, back next week. Let's get that mailbag full. Let's get the questions in. Let's get the quick fire round, the mastermind round to Ryan Owen. Let's make it happen. So on Twitter, get, get the buzz going. In the meantime, you know where we are. DMs are open. Have a fun, fun fantasy weekend. I'm back next week. Thanks, guys.